1: My first question to you, what would you do if you were wealthy? What would you do if you were rich? When I ask that question to a lot of people, they give me answers, but more often than not, the first answers they give me are associated with what they would not do if they were wealthy. Because we all know somebody that we look at and think, man, that guy's wealthy, but man, he's sure a bad wealthy man. I'd do a lot, I'd spend my money. Some people just don't know how to be rich. Today. Today. Today.
0: Today with Jeff Fiennes. Pastor, apologist, and Bible teacher. Hello, my name is Bill, and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. We've started a new series of messages from Pastor Jeff, a series titled Broke. His question to us so far is What would you do if you were rich? To help with this message, Pastor Jeff's reading from 1 Timothy chapter 6, a passage with instructions for the rich. If you missed the start of this message, you can find it all wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're rich, broke, or somewhere in between, I'm sure we'll all get something out of today's message. Let's hear the rest of the message now. Here's Pastor Jeff.
1: 1 Timothy chapter six, verse 17. It's on the screen or you can follow along. Command, Paul writes to Timothy, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Now imagine 2,000 years ago, Jesus said wealth is uncertain. Well, he wasn't kidding, was he? But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them, the rich that is, to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So here we go. Specific, direct instructions to rich people. It's like Paul says to Timothy, I want you to gather up all the rich people and I want you to say to them, I want you, 1 Timothy 6, 17, command those who are rich in this present world, dot, 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 then he gives them the information. Now, the first question I want to ask is why address them specifically? Why do they get their own Bible passages? Well, evidently, according to other things Jesus said during the Sermon on the Mount, rich people have unique issues, temptations, responsibilities that those who are not rich do not have. Evidently, if you're rich, it's challenging and difficult. You're set up for all kinds of trials and troubles that non-rich people never have to deal with. According to what Jesus taught, God knows that wealthy people, rich people, are going to be subject to all kinds of temptations and God has a heart for them. He wants to make sure that they know how to combat all these difficulties and that they are aware of the trappings associated with being rich. I see the look on your faces. I know it. About this time you're saying, wait a minute. Well, cry me a little river, bless their little rich hearts that they got issues that I don't have. You know what this is? World's smallest violin. My heart bleeds for you rich people. You want unique issues? Come live in my world for a while. You'll, you'll find unique issues. Then you come talk to me about the pitfalls of being rich. But I want, you, I want you to open your mind just for a moment, go on this little journey with me and think just for a moment that it is true. When you're rich, there's so much added stress. While 1 billion people live on $1 a day, rich people have so much extra money, they actually do what is called estate planning. They actually hire somebody else to help them figure out what they're going to do with all their extra cash. Now, 92% of the people, 92% of the people in the world, they just live from day to day. They're just concerned about having enough food for that day, having something to wear that day, being able to make it from sunup to sundown without something really bad, a disease or sickness happening because they can't afford medical care. Just one day at a time, sun up to sundown. They just exist, but not rich people. They got so much extra cash. They actually got to spend time thinking about what to do with it and hire people to help them solve those issues. Rich people also have food issues. While 800 million people will not eat today. 800 million people will not eat, 300 million being children. Rich people, they actually have to take away food that hasn't been eaten, nobody ate, take it out and make room for the new food that's being brought in. And unlike 1 billion people in the world who do not have clear, clean drinking water, rich people have to struggle with indecision over what flavor of water they're going to drink. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing. Fruit flavor, bubbles or non bubbles. In fact, rich people have so much extra money. And if you told a, a poor person this, they'd just look at you like you've lost your mind. You, they wouldn't believe it. But rich people, they seldom drink out of the tap, even though it's pure water. But they will pay up to $1, sometimes two and maybe three to drink it out of a bottle. What One dollar, remember, one dollar is what one billion people in the world live on each day. But rich people will pay up to two or three dollars to change the taste of that water. And some even pay four dollars or more, four dollars or more to put a little boost in their water called caffeine that will enable them to deal with all the stress <laughs> and frustration associated with being wealthy. Now. Then there are the women in these rich families. Now, I don't know if my wife's in this service. I don't think so. But just to, just to let you know, I, I've never actually seen this. I've just heard about it. That These women in these rich families, they will go upstairs or wherever it is into the closet where there is just a myriad selection of clothes and they will take a step back and they will say, I have absolutely nothing to wear. <laughs> when 92% of the world or more has one pair of trousers or a shirt that must be cleaned and worn every day through various trips to the river, to the stream, to wash the clothes. But that's okay, because while the woman's upstairs saying, I have nothing to wear, dad is down in this little place called a garage where 92% of the people in the world, where hundreds of millions rather, Hundreds of millions of people would give anything for a house with a roof over their heads. You're not going to believe this, but rich people actually have houses or their cars. Their car has a little house. Most people don't have a house. The great majority of people in the world, if they do, it doesn't have heat or air conditioning. Rich people do this with everything they own. They might have a perfectly good refrigerator, but because the water doesn't come out fast enough, they want to get rid of that because they went to a mall which is unfathomable in the minds of most people in the world, a mall. And they saw another refrigerator where the water comes out much faster, so you gotta have that one. So they take this fridge that, that's just perfect shape, everything, it does what it's supposed to, get rid of it, and they buy the new one. But here's the clincher for me. If you tried to describe this to 92% of the world, they just look at you like you've lost your mind. Rich people, they work for companies. The company comes to them and says, here's what we're going to do for you. We want you for one, two, three, four, maybe even five, maybe more, four or five weeks. We don't want you to come to work. We're going to pay you anyway. We're going to pay you and you get to stay home. It's called vacation or holiday time. 92% of the world, you tell them this and say, what? Oh, that's, who do you think I am? I'm not that gullible. But you think that's good, and it is on the surface, but underneath, oh, it's a whole new problem because now the family, especially with teenagers, they've got to decide where they're gonna go on vacation. And that causes all kinds of stress because again, dad and mom wanna go somewhere like Dollywood or I don't know, Grand Junction, where the kids wanna go somewhere fun and exciting. And so sometimes you'll have one of the children just get really mad and slam their foot down and walk in and say, well, if that's where you're going, I'm not going, and they will stay home For two weeks, they will just eat and watch TV. That's all. For two weeks, eat and watch TV. You tell a poor person that, 92% of the people in the world would think, no, that's crazy. That doesn't happen. This is a real world. Who do you think I am? Rich people have layers of stress and complexity poor people don't normally experience. So I believe God, knowing these extra complexities, he's a God of love. He decides to focus in on these rich people. Rare as they may be, he loves them, only 8% of the world, so he says to them, command those who are rich in this present world. Wait, 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 that's you and me. We're the rich ones. We prayed God bless America, and he did, and you and I are living right smack dab in the middle of it. We are the wealth, listen, listen. If you earn $34,000 or more, you're in the top 4% of wage earners in the world. Ninety-six percent of the world is poorer than you. If you make $45,000, you're in the top one percent of wage earners. Anything over that, you're just showing off. I just got back from my trip to Zimbabwe, Africa last summer. I went out to Chittimoyle Hospital. I went to Kathy McCarty, who's the nurse that runs the nursing or the doctor station. She's from Southern California. I said, Kathy, I lived in Zimbabwe all these years, and you know every time I came to Chittimoyo, I never once went into the village. I stayed at the hospital. I want to meet your best Christian. I want to meet somebody who loves Jesus. Can you you help me do that? She said, I'll take you. And she took me, and I sat on this mat. Let's leave that up there, guys, with this lady. Through an interpreter, I asked her this question. What's the best thing you know? She said, the best thing I know is Jesus Christ. I said, why is Jesus the best thing you know? And she said, because he takes care of all my needs. She lives in a little hut about the size of this pool over here. She takes her clothes every day down to the river to wash them for her and her two daughters, her husband. And she eats every day in a little metal bowl, some Millie Mill mush, which is like our mashed potatoes, only not as tasty. And if she's really blessed that day, maybe some vegetables to go with it. And she says with a smile, Jesus is the best thing I know because he takes care of all my needs. Elaine Lucas, my personal assistant, went to Kenya this year. Said, Jeff, I wanted to visit the family that my husband Richard and I have been supporting. Jeff, this family of six lives in a room, eight by 10, the size of my guest room. By the way, that's another thing about rich people. They have rooms in their houses nobody actually lives in. It's just in case somebody comes. Just in case. This family of six living in this little place, smiles all around. According to Numa Productions, we in the USA are 6% of the world's population, but consume over 40% of the world's resources. 8% of the world... Owns a car. So 92% see us driving a car and they say, Wow, there goes another one of those rich people. One billion people have no clean drinking water. Hundreds of millions of people see us every day drinking out of the tap and they say, There goes another one of those rich people. Heaven forbid if they saw us drinking bottled water. 800 million people will not eat today. 300 million will be children. One billion people or more will live on a dollar a day. So when they see you with two dollars in your pocket, they're saying, Wow, There goes another one of those rich persons. Folks, experts tell us that we could feed and nourish the entire world in need for $20 billion a year. We could feed those who are in need, feed and nourish the entire world for $20 billion a year. That's what Americans spend on ice cream in 12 months. You say, Jeff, my goodness, what's your point in heaven's name? Get to it. Well, let me tell you what it's not. Guilt. No, it's not guilt. You had nothing to do with being born in America. You didn't do something before you came to planet Earth that God said, Well, I really owe you something. I'm going to put you on planet Earth. I'm going to put you in America because they're affluent. You had nothing to do with that. In a way, it's not your fault that you're born into affluence. I'm not after guilt here. You know me, I'm never after guilt. That doesn't do any good. What are you after then? Because I sure feel guilty. I just want you to say thanks. I just want you to do what God wants you to do. He doesn't want you to walk around, oh man, I'm so guilty. I live in an affluent country. I should be so ashamed of myself. No, no. He wants you to look up and acknowledge you are very blessed. You have more than you need. That's what God wants from every one of us. And I want you to understand that when you go to the Bible and you read something that says, command those who are rich, he's talking to us, you and me, not the guy you think he's talking to. So I want to practice. I'm going to say it, and then I want us to repeat it together. I believe that's what God wants from us. God has blessed me with more than I need. Now you say it. God has blessed me with more than I need. Now say it again, and mean it this time. God has blessed me with more than I need. You see, because the reality is, now take this from me knowing that I love you. Just take it and take it with grace. So many of you are in financial disarray, not because you don't have what you need. Because somewhere along the line, you fell for the lie of the American dream that you're entitled to have everything way above and beyond what you need. So you went in debt for it. And now you're paying a heavy price. I thought this wasn't about guilt. Now, hold on a second. Just because some of us, all of us have made mistakes, God still loves us, forgives us, and helps us. You know that, right? I just want you to understand There's so much stress and pressure today in our world, but not because God hasn't provided. We live in America. Food, water, shelter. That's what most of the world just longs for, just that. But we long for so much more because we have developed a sense of entitlement that we're owed these things. We believe the commercials on television. You deserve this. Based on what? What did I do? When you go public with your faith and you realize your need and you say you're sorry and you verbalize your trust in Jesus and you plunge your past and you're going to be a new person. Listen to me. One of the first things Jesus does after you've followed in him on obedience is this. He says, I want you to take a look now at everything you have. I don't want guilt. I just want you to look to heaven and say, man, you have blessed me with more than I need. That's all he asks. The fact is that most of us in this room will consume or lose more this year than most people on the planet will accumulate in their entire lives. I just want you to understand that when Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount says, "Don't worry about what you will eat, what you will drink, or what you will wear," the audience he's talking to did worry every day if they would have any food, if they'd have any clothing, if they would have any water. But that's not you. You're not Jesus' typical audience. You come later when he talks about the rich people. A lot of you are going to go home and watch the Super Bowl tonight. You're going to have a good time. A lot of you guys are going to lean back on that lazy boy. And your wife or your daughter or your son or whoever is going to bring you endless nachos, potato chips, whatever. And you're going to eat and eat and eat. Do I want you to feel guilty. No. I just want you to acknowledge. Be grateful. You have been given more than you need. That's all. God wants us to acknowledge he's blessed America, he's blessed us. And when we find instructions in the Bible concerning the rich, he's talking to you and me. He just wants a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving and acknowledgement. And the truth is most of us need forgiveness for being discontent. If the poor people, if 92% in the world looked at our lives and knew that we were discontent, they'd think we had lost our minds because we have so much. Ephesians five nineteen, Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus. First Thessalonians 5, 17, 18. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Why? Because we have been blessed beyond what we need. Now, Let's come in here and let me finish what I'm trying to accomplish here. This is the only, only part of the verse we're going to cover. I know it says more in your bulletin, sorry. That's it. Time. Man, I had a hard time this weekend. I had a hard time this week getting this sermon, man. I'm telling you, it was too convicting. And then I made a mistake, guys. I told my wife. I said to my wife, honey, I, it's dawned on me. I think God has spoken to me. We're rich, we're the rich ones. Well, you knew what happened after that. She said, okay, what are you gonna do about it? Whoa, now what are you gonna do? I said, what do you mean? And and I said, honey, look, I'm the preacher. I just preach it. I don't actually change myself. (laughs) She said, what? She goes, what are you gonna do now that you know? I've been trying to say this, Jeff, all of our lives. In America, we are the rich ones. Now, what are you going to do about it? And then I tried to change the subject because I knew the next words that were going to come. And there were going to be sentences that began with a command. And somewhere in the middle had HDTV, the golf channel, used cars, all that kind of stuff, which is holy ground upon which no one should tread. <laughs> my wife believes she's my personal Holy Spirit to convict me of everything in my life. <laughs> and why are the wives more practical about this? Wives, don't nag your husbands on this now after you've heard this, pray for them because I know my wife's praying for me. She said, I can't believe it's only taken me 25 years to open your eyes. I said, honey, I think it's God that opened my eyes, no offense. I waited for her to say, same thing, Why you know. <laughs> I just had a shocker, man. I'm rich, you're rich. And I felt I needed to repent for my trip to Zimbabwe and Rwanda and remembering how they lived and me having some discontent that I don't have the newest, latest golf clubs. And I'm not happy about that. You see how silly that sounds right now? That there are things in your life you don't have and you're sad about it. Remember what we said, well, bless your little rich hearts. Hey, now it's different now that you know you're the rich one. We're so rich. Here's I just, you know, what do I do? What's the takeaway? What what am I asking? I'm asking for all of you to have a family conference. I'm asking you to sit down. I'm asking you to tell your, announce to your children, you're now rich. Now be careful. Explain what you mean by that. And then as a family, I'm asking you this week before you come back next week, is this, I believe God is doing something special around this place. And I think the next thing he wants us to do is just be grateful. Ask God to help open your eyes. Stop going with the flow of the American culture and stop and ask and be grateful for what you have. As a matter of fact, here's how we're going to end today. In your bulletin, you have a little post-it note. I'm going to ask you to write on that note that for which you are most grateful. It might be two or three things. I want God to see that we recognize today our eyes have been opened, that we repent of our lack of contentment. We're sorry. And that as a church body, as you see all these post-it notes on the walls, this represents everyone who wrote how God has blessed them. And while we're worshiping during this first song, I want those of you who feel led, I want you to come out and I want you to post those on the wall so that God and the angels in heaven know that we're serious about gratitude, of thanking him, that we have been blessed with more than we need. And we're going to say, God, thank you. Thank you for all that we have. And then we're going to stand together. We're going to sing. We're going to worship. We're going to worship because he's so deserving. And he's been so good to every one of you. Far more good, probably, than you've thought about recently or ever imagined. You've got so much more than you need.
0: You've been listening to Today with Jeff Vines. Next time, we'll bring you a new message from Pastor Jeff. You can listen to more messages like this. Just search for Today with Jeff Vines wherever you get your podcasts.